Thank you for tuning in to the Elevate Podcast. I am Tyler Johnson, your host. If you've listened to an episode before and got anything out of it, if you wouldn't mind, like, subscribe, share. All those things help other people find this podcast that might be able to get something out of it as well. This episode, I've got another fantastic guest. She has 25 years of experience as a strength and conditioning coach in the NCAA. She's worked with the basketball programs of UConn and the University of Kansas and currently the strength and conditioning coach for the University of Texas men's and women's basketball programs. She herself is an alum and four-year letter winner in volleyball at the University of Maryland. Her career, she's coached at 48 student athletes who have gone on to the National Basketball Association. She's been part of several NCAA titles, which we'll get some clarification on soon. And she's been recognized by countless organizations for her work. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Andrea Hootie. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Hootie, right? Yes, Coach Hootie, yeah. Does that get mispronounced all the time? uh, Sometimes. I always remind people it's like Judy, you know. There you go. Um, So even doing some research on you, I want to get this straight. How many NCAA championship teams have you been a part of? I've been a part of nine. Nine. That's amazing. Um, Is there – of those nine championships – is there one or two that are most memorable for any particular reason? Um, I don't know if the championships are so memorable versus the process of them. Um, sure. You know, the stories behind them and um, the fight and determination and competitiveness and grit and perseverance, all those things. But, you know, it's, it's packaged in a championship, but that, that's, there's some luck in that too right yeah sure Uh, yeah it's just super lucky also (laughs) (laughs) right what are the opportunity and preparation yeah yeah so i know you're a big part of that preparation um and you know you're one of the best at at what you do i think when you look out there and, and look across the college landscape and um see who others respect but what drives you to do what you do when it comes to human performance You know, I uh, came from a family of traditional teachers, and um, I consider myself a non-traditional teacher. uh, And and, um, I don't know, I just love to teach. I have a passion for it. I have a passion for improvement, um, competition. uh, Just I love to see people get better. And also, you know, um, I was hurt my whole career. Uh, I got hurt when I was either 13 or 14 and um, that was devastating and it still has devastating effects on me today. Um, But just to know uh, that there there's, you know, the dichotomy of health and performance, I think to have people understand that um, because you could be as strong as an ox and you can run as fast as a train. But like if if you get hurt, that goes away and don't want it to do is go away for people before it's their time. You know, right. so injury has a lot to do with, uh, or injury prevention has a lot to do with, uh, you know, uh, my drive. Awesome. Cool. Cool. I, Cause I know there's a story you in high school at a young age were able to grab the rim. Yeah. Is that right? Touch it. Touch, touch it. it. Yeah. Touch it. Yeah. 
and then it was in, was it part of that process and then that kind of deteriorated that Oh yeah, never, never could do it again, right? Um, so I got hurt playing basketball. It, it's interesting because you talk about sequencing and you learn um, different sports specific. I don't like that term because there's so many different positions within the sport, but you can generalize what positions you know, in each sport, like a DB versus an infielder versus a basketball player, they're all reactive. And then, you know, sometimes on the outsides of the field, they're, they're long uh, momentum running patterns and they know where they're going. Um, so, you know, there's some uh, injuries that you can kind of group together with some of those, those certain positions. Sure. And I think if we can get a better idea of those injuries that come around with each position, we can try to prevent that. Cool. Um, I've heard you also re- refer to kind of the, the gym and the recovery as the body shop. Um, I like that term. Um, when you talk, think about recovery these days, I know I've seen kind of inside of what you guys got there at Texas. It's pretty sweet um, when it comes to recovery. How important is it and why is it so often overlooked by younger athletes? Um, I would say it's probably often overlooked because you think you're invincible, I think, as a, as a younger athlete. You know, sure. I felt that way for sure. But uh, I like the body shop because if, if even, you know, a sport like car racing, where they're high performing mechanical things, right? right. Not living things, they're mechanical and they still break. Yeah. So you go around the track at 200 and however many miles an hour they're going, 220, 225, but they still have to go in a pit stop you know, and, and get the tires rotated or, you know, whatever they do in there, I don't know. But it's still, um, it, it, you know, you can high perform, but you still need to worry about things falling apart. Sure. So um, I think, you know, again, we, we high perform, but you also need to offset. I always say we offset what's going on um, on in the sport or in the position. Um, because you can get too good at one thing, right? The, the, yeah, sus- yeah. the suspensions on those cars are so tight. Yeah. Is it too tight? Is it yeah. too high? Because yeah. you make one wrong thing and that car's in the air, right? No doubt. Yeah. And I, I look at it as a high, per- these athletes are high performance cars, you know, and you don't need to soup them up all the time. Sometimes they need a little love. Sure, sure. Um, kind of to piggyback that question, what are two maybe simple things that high school athletes can do to recover better that, you know, do at home, they're accessible. They might not have a full body shop, but you know, I would say, uh, the big one everybody's pushing now is sleep. Yeah. It's important. That's the best recovery tool we can have and nutrition, you nutrition. know, yeah. what, what, what I do find is a lot of our athletes that we deal with, um, are already hurt from high school injuries or high school overuse, you can pick them up right away. Sure. Uh, and then for them to be mindful of what they're doing 24 hours a day, um, you know, you just can't ignore movement when you walk out of the weight room. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially if you want to make a living performing. Yeah. Uh, you can't just go, okay, I'm done, and then leave it behind. Um, I think mindfulness, uh, what you need to do to uh, make your weakness your strength, and then sleep for sure. Yeah. What 
is uh, I love you brought up mindfulness. Is there anything you guys do at, at UT to kind of weave that into to some of the things you're doing when it comes to strength and conditioning? Uh, every day. Uh, I try to put up a quote that's pertinent to the, the day or that uh, an athlete might do something where, you know, I, I always coach loud enough that I'm correcting one person, but I want everybody to pay attention to it. So are you mindful about that? Like, yeah. I don't want to beat myself. Um, so sometimes just addressing one person, everybody hears it. That's a, that's a great thing. Um, but sure. then even mindful with our repetitions, we're, we're operating on low dose. So not very high volume. Well, what are we thinking about when we're doing it and how it, how is the movement different for each kid, you know, um, where maybe there's forefoot pressure for one athlete and then maybe there's more heel pressure posterior chain on another athlete. So just right. little subtle things that I, what we do and how we do it. Cool. I know, uh, as I, being a college athlete, I felt like the weight rooms where you build some of these like bonds, you talked about like the, you know, the championships begin long before the championship. Um, how can younger coaches steward that? How do you guys do that at UT? Pardon? What did you, what did you play? I was a, a free safety at University of Northern Iowa. So FCS football about going, getting older now. So, uh, so that's, that was my experience. But, uh, you know, spending all the time in the weight room is just that's where I felt, you know, some of the bonds and, you know, in between sets, you have conversations maybe with people you don't in your, you know, your unit per se, but you lift with them because they're more along with your aptitude there. But I just felt like it's that working out the summer heat that kind of brings the bonds together. Is there things that you put intention behind? Uh, competition, like yeah. um, the technology that we have, uh, people competing and caring about the reps. Caring, you know? and yeah. Under yeah, understanding that we're not just doing it to do it, to check a box. Right. We're doing it to, um, you know, hopefully have everybody have an understanding to um, increase their performance and their health and what they're doing. Um, so the, the competition part, I think, is really important um, because with some of the technology we have, the elite form, you can see what somebody's doing across the room, yeah. you know, and, and I think that adds a level of intention behind every repetition that we do because you see your score as soon as you, you know, do the rep, so. Yeah. I think that's important. Uh, yeah, and picking teams and seeing who team leaders are and who 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 takes that obligation and responsibility to do it really well, you know. But I would say that I think technology or social media at some level is, you know, uh, making people more about uh, themselves versus others. And um, it's a tough thing to fight right now, right? Because yeah. it's all individual. Yeah. I, and I think sports, even at the high school college level is one of the few places like you don't take a cell phone to practice. Yeah. You know, it is one of these unique environments where you're dealing with a lot of emotional factors in high stress, tense environments, trying to get better. And the phone can't help you there so much. That's <laughs> oh, a huge distraction. It's yeah. a distraction for everybody. Yeah. Coaches, adults, uh, myself, uh, I feel it too. Um, kind of to piggyback uh, challenges and struggle, just as an observation, what do you see college athletes, maybe the ones transitioning in to the college ranks that they struggle with the most in, in adapting? Uh, the athlete? Yeah. Uh, 
I would say, do they really want to be there? You know, mm -hmm. uh, because there's a huge time commitment from high school to college mm -hmm. uh, at this level. You know, it's not at every level, but, um, right. uh, you know, there, there's a large time commitment and people who say they want to come to the university of Texas probably want to also play in the NBA or WNBA. So no. you say that that's what you're telling me, but then you're upset at me for holding you accountable to that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's a huge struggle. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, that's that's the immediate one or the acute one. But then hopefully they get used to the workload and what the expectations are. And some people make it and make it really, uh, you know, make a really good successful story out of it. But some people don't make it. And that's fine. That's the choice. Right. Sure. I think being, being OK with your choice. Yeah. To play or not to play. Yeah. I think that's a healthy way to look at it. Um, yeah. You've had the opportunity to be around some legendary college coaches. Is there a, a lesson or two that sticks out from some of those coaches that a moment or, or a story or something that you tell from, from one of those coaches that just become part of your process? Yeah. Um, I think a showing up and showing up for your teammates is really important and being the same person in every room uh, that you're in and having a good attitude. You can't be, um, it can't be you're here one day and you're not or not really present the next. You can't have a good attitude one day and a poor one the next. You got to be the same person and work on the consistency of who you yeah. are. Mm -hmm. And not everybody needs to be a cheerleader or whatever, but know your role and accept it and and get good at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there are times where sorry about that. <laughs> there are times when. Uh, yeah, the expectation is we're going to win. And the expectation is we have to win. So what is it going to take us to win? And that takes consistency uh, of your role. And I, I think so many people choose to change who they are just based on feelings or whatever, that you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, you know, moodiness doesn't sound that bad, but being moody just makes you inconsistent to teammates. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's always, you know, we're playing for the team, the team that's on the front, not yeah. the person on the back. So um, what can we do to make something bigger than yourself and add to that? You yeah. know, because I, I think if it, coach self always said, if, if, if you win, everybody wins, everybody's right. platform gets higher. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, it's championship mindset. I think when yeah. you know it's like when, when your conference, you'll have more all-conference people. Like, in, end up at the bottom of the conference, probably not going to have too many. Like, it's just you know you got to be able to raise raise all the boats in your pond, so to speak. Dream. I guess. Yeah, dreams to be a point guard in the NBA or WNBA. Your team has to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, winning breeds winning i think you know at, at some point so um if you could go back in a time machine when you were touching the rim so to speak um and tell 16 year old andrea one truth or lesson that you've learned in your journey through all those championship seasons what's the one lesson you'd want to go tell your 16 year old self uh be yourself know who you are stick to it and uh don't worry about what people think or say. It's your life. 
you know, um, just a reinforcement of, uh, of working hard and being who you are, I think is important because so many people, again, they change who they are in different rooms and you're like, mm, that, that's tough to figure out what room, you know, and, and be consistent with, a, uh, with what you want in your yeah. core. I always say core values are important, write down three. And um, if those change, that might be a problem, right? Sure. Uh, you always fall back on who you are uh, and the integrity or whatever that you have and be consistent with that. I don't yeah. think people change a whole lot throughout a lifetime. Yeah. Maybe opinions change, but I don't know if you should necessarily change who you are. Yeah. I heard a, a quote not too long ago is, you know, keep your opinions flexible, but your core beliefs strong. Oh, nice. I, I kind of I like that one, so now I'm just spitting it out. But um, but I was like, you know, it, it, you know, it, it made sense to me. Um, and, and I think especially as you know, you learn as an athlete, and you think you know how to do everything, maybe, and um, those core values are going to help you steer through those other things. Um, one other question I was curious to ask you: with it, just in your profession, a uh, very successful woman, how has it been navigating in a what's traditionally a male dominated uh, field and we're seeing so many more women breaking through into coaching roles that haven't been before. I think you're part of the trend of that. I think you're someone that, you know, people look to um, whether they know about you or not, but uh, what's that been like for you coming? You know, I, 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 I grew up, I played football with my brothers. I played peewee football. It was, nice. I was the biggest kid on the field because I was, you know, a female who was 11 or 12 and boys were smaller. Right. So <laughs> I was like, playing with the guys and I was doing really, really well. Um, I wrestled, you know, not competitively, Ooh. but I got my butt kicked every day of my life growing up. So it was just natural to compete and to be physical and to be aggressive. And my mom and dad let me do that. You know, and I think so many times girls get put in a box of, no, like maybe that, that might be too aggressive or too physical. And we were talking about it the other day on a podcast uh, or on a webinar about girls tend to follow rules. And it's like, mm, maybe we don't want girls to follow rules. Got to break some. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I guess I was naive enough just to put my head down and, and just do be a coach. Yeah. Like it's, coach athlete relationship i don't care if it's male female right i don't care if it's white black it's it, it's athlete coach and we're going to just try to learn and teach and become better um so uh, i feel like i've recognized the uh um, bias as i've gotten older because sure. that's the first thing that people see is that there's a woman teaching weight training um but you know give me a little bit of time and uh, Maybe I'll prove myself, I don't know.